0: When thoughts dissolve in this way, right, the thought you just had, it dissolved. So when they dissolve, and you don't need to do anything, they dissolve by themselves. This is called the self-liberating nature of thoughts. You don't We don't need to make them dissolve. They dissolve by themselves. They come by themselves. It's quite amazing that we actually think we are thinking our thoughts, that we are the ones who make this happen. That would be great. I mean, I wouldn't think 99% of my thoughts if I would be in charge. When thoughts eventually dissolve in in this way, we should we should keep our mind concentrated on the resulting clarity on the resulting clarity as undistracted as undistractedly as we can. So this is easily written. <laughs> And it's, in a way, also not possible. It is, a, it is a pointer. So it is a bit like, so let's say I would sit here, and people come and go. These are my thoughts. And suddenly, they are all gone. And I'm just sitting. And this space. And that space is peace. And that space is full. And that space is boundaryless. That space has no characteristics. It's freedom. That space doesn't want anything. It's perfect. It's clear. It's peace. So when we do this meditation, particularly if your mind is very restless right now, Body and mind maybe very restless or maybe very heavy. You might have a sense, wow, there is no gap between the thoughts. It's just like one damn thought after another. There's where's the break? Where's the break? So in that case, possibility is in the same way when there's people here in the room and they just don't want to go away and if someone goes away just someone else comes and there seems to be no no peace in the room because there's constantly people coming so in that case still The space remains. The space remains untouched. The space is available. Actually, that there's people in this room is a proof that there is a space. So while there's people coming and going in this room, I can still stay in touch with the space. the space in this room still can be emphasized and actually i can right now kind of shift my attention a bit from away from the people into the space so so the people don't go away but there is a bit of a there's a bit of shift from the people being in the, in the foreground to space being in the foreground. If that is possible for you, then you can be in peace wherever you are, whatever is happening in the space, because the space is emphasized, instead of the content, instead of that with what is in the space. So let's sit quietly with this invitation. I will repeat some of the pointers. And we will uh, start a bit with uh, some, some doing so that the body and the mind and your heart can settle. So if you adjust your posture, if you like, you can close your eyes. But here, in this kind of meditation, it is actually helpful to keep your eyes open. And then you'll just allow a shift to happen, a shift from the head into the body. From the doing of the day to present moment awareness and it might be helpful if you become aware of the breath not as a concentration but just as a light anchor And then, with each in breath, there's a sense of sliding into the body or dropping into the body. And then, with the out breath, there could be a bit of softening and opening, letting go, as if you are sighting. We allow the body and the heart, the mind to settle, gravitating towards present-moment awareness. All senses are open. appreciating the spacious aliveness in your body, including the restless parts or the tense parts or the heavy parts. The invitation here is to let this moment be what it is. And for now, it might be helpful to let the thoughts drift into the background. Neither clinging to them nor trying to stop them. But like a radio station you're not interested in. But it's also not bothering you. How is your belly, your shoulders? And start to notice the difference between being hooked by the thoughts and being unhooked. Allow yourself to find a place of rest, of doing nothing, without uh, spacing out. So there's a certain awakeness or alertness. Notice that there's basically two things. The stream, the condition level of mind, sensation, thoughts, feelings. Your breath, this voice. And then there is the space from where you look from. then there's a space from where the looking comes from. It's easy to get a sense of the content of your experience—that's pretty ob- obvious. Sounds, sensations, and the thoughts and stories and words. It might be not so obvious to appreciate the space from where the looking comes from. So not only Are you aware of the content? There's also some awareness about being aware. There's also some consciousness about being conscious. And then you rest, there's nothing to do. Everything happens by itself. The stream is happening by itself, the display of your karma. But also being aware is effortless. Remember not to apply antidotes, just relax by doing nothing. Notice that also the sense of I, the mental image of this body and the mental image of this room, the sense of me, all that is content in the space. Memories and your name, your characteristics your mood, all that is content within space, within knowing space. can't see or feel the knowing space. Nevertheless it is there. Peace. The next thought you're going to have, where will it come from? Just look. The next thought you're going to have, where will it come from? Just look. What is if the next thought comes word by word? Where as a whole, as one thing? Just look. And then you rest. So mental images and thoughts arise and abide and then disappear. In what? The same with the breath, the breath arises, and then disappears, and then there's a gap. The breath arises in what? Thus, the breath arise in a different space than your thoughts. The look. If there's a sense of the space within which things come and go, so if you can sink deeper. as if you are in an ocean, a charlis ocean, and you see, you sink deep into the depths, and the waves become smaller. The waves of your thoughts, feelings, sensations. There is some commentary going on, maybe of the critic, or the judge, or the board. Where does it come from? And what is listening? If there's doubt or confusion, where does it come from and what is listening? There's a nice voice talking. Where does it come from? And what is listening? And then you rest. The next thought you're going to have, where will it come from? Just look. Is there a sense of what Lama means with the gaps between the thoughts, the gap between two thoughts? If not, look behind, beneath, beyond. thoughts Thoughts are happening so they need a space in which they are happening. What is that? thought is a contribution here. They don't matter.
1: Just notice them.
0: And let them dissolve. And then you rest. And that which remains as that which remains. And then the next thought arises within this knowingness. within presence. Isn't there presence? These words are they not known. By what? sounds, breath, this voice comes and goes, the display of your karma, what remains like the sky remains when the clouds are gone, like the space of a stage remains when, once the drama is finished. within your body, the spacious and aliveness of your body. The space and aliveness. Make another backward step into groundlessness. Into timelessness. Into infinity. Everything what you think you are is content of, a, of experience. Everything you think you are is what you're aware of. What is aware? This body, these thoughts, these memories, this name, this personality. Something is aware of that. Something is noticing, perceiving, seeing, feeling, hearing. What is that? Forget what you know, what you see, what you feel, what you wear. what you are aware of. Where are you aware from? You can't see that, you can't feel that, you can't touch that. The source from where you are aware from. What is that? Where is that? How big is it? What you're aware of, you are not. that which you are aware from. That is Buddha nature, Rigpa. That is the Lama, the Guru, the source, your home. that is the refuge and you are already that I can't believe that one hour is gone. <laughs> Did someone change the time? <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably a long meditation for some of you, like the ten minutes, the ten, min, the ten many minutes meditators here. So that was an hour, almost. And uh, obviously it didn't make sense. You couldn't do what I said. It's impossible. So initially with this kind of meditation, which can drive you crazy, and they are supposed to drive you crazy, it it feels a bit like you're going in circles. Like, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I try my best. it's it's hopeless. <laughs> we are really lucky that there's so many fixing, controlling, manipulating meditations in Buddhism. And I love to talk about them. And they kind of polish up the dream, they polish up Uh, the experience, it feels a little better. uh, and That's appropriate. But that's not what Buddhism is about. That's just another kind of trying to feel better than before project. Which is fine. And uh, these practices work if they are done in a good way. Quite often spiritual practice seems to make people even more unhappy. <laughs> because of unskillful instructions uh, but they are supposed to make us travel lighter if they don't make you travel lighter just change the teacher the practice the tradition But all, uh, not only within Buddhism, actually, if you look deeply into the different spirit traditions, uh, all, uh, all, you know, most uh, spirit traditions are a mixture of the manipulating, controlling, trying to feel better practices, like being more compassionate and stuff like that. Uh, but actually all, it seems so, that, that all, uh, all genuine spirit traditions in the essence, are a transmission of nothing. Now nothing, you know, you know what a nothing, you know? the, the amazing nothing. The, the nothing which uh, burns uh, as a longing and yearning in your heart. The nothing which, uh, which will uh, lead to the cessation of seeking and of the manipulating, controlling, fixing, trying to feel better practices, none of them will bring you closer to this. It's a waste of time from that point of view. It's not a waste of time from the point of view of feeling better. And, and that's completely appropriate. And you should all do the kind of yoga stuff and things like that. Psychotherapy. Uh, so it's appropriate to feel better, to make that part of you know the way you fill your time. Uh, but from the point of view of the nothing, it's meaningless. Because you can't get away from the nothing and you can't get closer to the nothing. the feeling better practices they are the practices which come and go some of them work some of them don't work but in what do they come and go that's and and it can't be pointed out because if it would be if it would be possible to point it out it would be an object of awareness if there if there would be anything to get you there then it wouldn't be it it's amazing and actually that which now tries to understand what I'm saying will never get it That's uh, that intellectually, this is actually a quite, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a possible step, like intellectually understanding what I'm saying now. The nature of mind, vikpa, the source, unconditioned love, God, oneness, infinity, it doesn't matter what kind of word you use, they are all hopeless. It's not an object of knowledge. It can't be known. It can't be understood. That's what the Buddha says. It's not like, you know, kind of a strange new age, neo-Advaita Vedanta parator. It's what the Holy Buddha says. Emptiness can't be understood. Emptiness is another word for the nothing. And of course, it's nice to kind of, you know, bring some word like love into it. Unconditional love, or something like that, and I'm doing that myself. <laughs> yeah, to kind of not scare the narrative selves away. Uh, but it's it's bullshit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just to you know to make us feel a bit like, yeah, there's there's love in the nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, there's love in the nothing. Yeah, but uh, but as soon as you say it, uh, there's goodness. Yeah? I like the, the word Trungpa uh, Rinpoche uses that. There's goodness in the nothing. At the very core of this universe, of this mo, of this moment, is a goodness. You are safe. Not in fantasy, we are not safe in fantasy, it's all fantasy, but in reality, the reality of the nothing is safe. And you can listen to to, uh, this kind of talks for a long time, And probably we all need, and I did, and I still do, um, but they are not. They are not helpful. <laughs> I'm. I'm not even sure if it's more likely to to get the transmission. You know, while working in the garden and walking by the beach and just you know living a simple life could be. I think these kind of settings. You know, they kind of tend to mess it up more than and just, you know, going to the summer house and, and watching at the Bees. Of course, still, there's a lot of helpful provisional placebos for illusionary people. And for them, for, 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 for that, it is worth to, you know, do your self-compassion practice and your yoga practice. This. and uh, so it, it still can come, come and, you know, and, and also it's a good industry uh, to support it's it's like, like nice people and one can have coffee together in the breaks with nice people and, and, and they, they This industry doesn't create so much harm as like the pharmaceutical industry. So I think it's it's good to... And then, uh, I don't know, wait. Pray, please, Great Mother, reveal yourself. I'm ready. I know that you are residing in the core of my being. Reveal yourself. Bhakti. Probably bhakti has the highest success rate. Bhakti, devotion. Maybe not a good idea to bring that up in Scandinavia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, what you, of course, so we have a break soon, but what you can understand and what you're aware of. So, what you can understand is what you are not. And that's a big part of the. Of the Buddhist teachings is to point to what you are not that's what the Buddha did in the heart Sutra you're not this you're not that you're not this you're not that you're not this you're not that and he goes through everything like even like Buddha enlightenment path practitioner uh, compassion you know, it doesn't matter you're not this you're not that you're not this so he takes away all these wonderful spiritual ornaments we we were, So he, he, he takes them all away. But unfortunately, it doesn't say anything about what we are uh, in the Heart Sutra. And that was a smart move. So if you want to do something, then uh, It's, you do the kind of feeling better projects, whatever helps to feel better, to be nicer, to be kinder, to be less violent, to take care of the nature, to take care of a piece of earth. That would be probably one of the best things to do. And then... Go into the more self teachings, contemplating, starting with contemplation, so about what you're not, and then uh, experiencing no self, meaning uh, appreciating that you are identified with the narrative self. And you, that's something everyone can understand. just needs some reflection and some looking. I, I, of course your narrative self doesn't want to do that so uh, need to be a bit more skillful in my advertising of that. And then you wait. and you have all the time. Okay, so let's have 10 minutes break. Most uh, Tibetan uh, schools uh, claim that in order to have a glimpse of unconditioned awareness, pure awareness, non-dual awareness, it's necessary to calm the mind. To calm the conditioned mind, the relative mind. So that is what you do in shamatha training. Also, compassion training is also part of that. Kind of you make the the conditioned mind more wholesome, uh, so that uh, that uh, as a preparation, as a foundation for uh, the the experience of unconditioned awareness or non dual awareness. But there's exceptions. So in the Dzogchen tradition and in essence Mahmouda. So they, they have another, uh, another view. Here. But usually what you hear is, first you calm down the mind, you yeah? make the relative mind more peaceful. And then we can talk about pointing out the, the ground, the primordial ground. And of course, it makes sense if you if you have a panic attack or a, a, a depression. There might be not so much space or openness for uh, trusting uh, the primordial ground from where everything comes and from where the depression arises and dissolves back into. So I want to uh, read something from. Namayesha. So this is kind of the view of essence Mahamutra. We can compare positive states of mind to water at rest. So we you all know that kind of experience, hopefully. Well at least you remember. The mind at rest i mean just feeling good while having loving thoughts or stuff like that just calm the relative mind the conditioned mind is calm so this kind of these states of mind it, it's still a, an impermanent provisional state of mind it will it will disappear again so that's the the, the trap in shamatha practices that people Feel that they got somewhere, and then, and then they fall in love, and the piece is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so we can compare positive states of mind to water at rest, and deluded states of mind to talk to turbulent boiling water. So both water, water at rest. And then you boil the water, and then and that's that would be the agitated mind, the restless mind, the, the dark mind, the anxious mind. So that would be the boiling water. If we investigate the nature of the so, what most of the traditions say, you need to calm down the boiling water. And the way you do it is through compassionate practice, through shamatha practice, through yoga. That's how you calm down the boiling water, which is good because it feels good to have a calm body and mind. If we investigate the nature of the boiling water, we will discover that despite the turbulence, each individual droplet is still clear. The same is true of the mind. Whether it is calm or boiled into turbulence by the overwhelming complexity of dualistic views, its basic nature remains clear and conscious. Its its basic nature remains clear and conscious. That's about, that's kind of one definition of unconditioned mind, of the primordial ground. It's clear, it's conscious. So this is, of course, good news, because uh, the way we live our life uh, there is not, uh, you know, a lot of foundation for shamatha practice in in our life. So the shamatha project is kind of hopeless, more or less. at least to go beyond the fourth stage in a in a in a busy using the nine stages of cultivating shamatha Uh, but here uh, in essence mahamudra we we can uh, explore another another option and that is to notice to notice to become familiar with uh, the clear and conscious nature, the clear and conscious presence, that which is aware that you're depressed. And, and that which is aware that you're depressed is remains clear and conscious, no matter what you're aware of. If you're aware of being peaceful, that doesn't affect the clear spacious nature of awareness. If you're anxious, that clear conscious nature, which is aware of being anxious, is not anxious. It remains untouched. It's prior to, it's prior to feeling calm and feeling restless. It's prior to that, in the same way, the sky remains. If there's a nice sun 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 sunny day with very few clouds, very beautiful, and then there is a storm, from the point of the view, from the point from the point of view of the sky, it doesn't matter. The sky remains. And that's what we are after. So, it doesn't really help uh, with the experience uh, to use, to hear teachings like that. But, you know, it's nice to think like that. It's like, you know, because it helps us to be more tolerant towards the storms of our life. The source, and now I, I will use love just to make it a bit more nice. The source of unconditional love uh, remains undisturbed and it can reveal itself at any moment. It doesn't matter if you have a panic attack or if you have a good day. And actually quite often it's in deep crisis that people have an experience of the primordial ground. You know, it's often, it, 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 it is sometimes the the the, the periods in your life where everything falls apart and you don't have any ground to stand upon anymore because everything falls apart what you think you are what you feel safe with like your body and your relationship and your job if all that falls apart then it can happen that the primordial ground reveals itself it becomes obvious So any questions, any, anything about feeling better? I'm happy to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Hi, Stefan. Recently, while meditating in open awareness and when I bring space to the Foreground, I started to see an outer glow around everything, even around people if I'm doing this meditation during the Zoom meeting. It feels peaceful without thoughts, and I sort of detach from the, sense, the senses a little. Could you comment, please? Yes, write the question on a piece of paper and throw it out of the window. <laughs> 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 and, and and be that which remains. <laughs> so that would be the answer to any question.
1: <laughs>
0: if I would only teach what I really want to teach. But then I would sit alone. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I have to be at one point, I have to be there. I will just say, okay, write it down on a piece of paper in your mind, throw it out of the window. What is that which remains? And we can't say anything about it. So any kind of question around this, just write it onto a piece of paper and throw it out. What remains? What is there? No question can bring you're closer to that which is the way of the question. It's hopeless. That's why Vimalakirti, you know, in the Sutra of Vimalakirti, when he, when he after all the monks, they gave this eloquent uh, discourses on emptiness. And then the Buddha asked Vimalakirti and he answered with a roar of silence. And so the roar of silence is like the roar of the lion when the lion roars in the jungle, everything gets quiet. And that's it. And it's simple. It's close. It's 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 not abstract. It's not a philosophy. It's it's uh, so. And and our spiritual practice does not bring us closer to this. So now, switching. So can you can you say the symptoms of uh, of and the experience again? While meditating in open awareness, I started to see and how to glow around. So, it. just wait a moment there. So. If I would now teach what I want to teach, I would just ask, who is the I which is aware? I am aware, so what, what is that? What is that What is that which is aware? And, and that's, the, that's the point. And for many people, initially, this kind of what is aware, you know, it doesn't make any sense yeah but, but you could this this is like the key, one of the keys what is aware so what is being described here is a spiritual experience which comes and goes if it can if it can be described, it is not it yeah and there's then there's benefits yeah. Uh, there, like there was a glow of light or something like that around the people and the objects. Yeah, so uh, you know when when the when through provisional practices, you know um, there's shifts in the subtle energy body. Uh, you know where where there's you know where you're stuck. Uh, you know in the chakras or in the in the in the channels, uh, then 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 uh, this kind of experiences uh, come you know seeing auras or you know, clairvoyance or um, you know, intensive experience some of them are very very pleasant bliss arising or it can be also very scary and most people experience both so there's a uh, kind of this beautiful visions or uh, discovery of um, access to knowledge you didn't have before. Like suddenly you perceive people differently, you see, diff- you see them differently, and that's all good. I mean, so if you, can, if you can handle it and if you can use it for the benefit of the people around you, that's fantastic. But it has nothing to do with Unconditioned Awareness. It's an experience. It comes and goes. It's not a sign of... uh, It's it's not a sign to be closer... uh, to to be... to be closer... to, to somehow... It's not a sign that somehow you get closer to 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 what you already are you can't get closer to what you already are oh i think some i think awakening is happening i suddenly see light around people yeah something is happening and it's good that it's a sign of a healing process but these are spiritual experiences and, and unfortunately, some people get get hung up on them. and, they, and well, Some people even practice to have this kind of experiences. The same as we know with psychedelic. Of course, you have amazing insights and experience. It has nothing to do with this. It's just more content. Exotic, fantastic content, which is helpful, maybe. But it has nothing to do with this. It's just making... To show more, (laughs) more fantastic. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's not going to help you with this. Healing is good, but. um, what is aware? And what is aware remains the same. It was, you know, before you were stuck and traumatized, dark. And now, through healing methods, psychedelica or whatever, psychotherapy, there's more aliveness, more connectedness, better experiences. Are you aware of that? Yes. Were you aware of being stuck and traumatized? Yes. What is that which is aware? That That remains the same. And the content of your experience will come and go forever. So, in a way, and this, uh, this is very challenging, in a way in a way in the in the in essence mahamudra soction, in the in the transmission in the pointing out of what you are that it's not for you i mean for you for for, for for the you you think you are. It, it will that which you think you are it will not make it better. It is the ultimate disappointment for what you are not but what you think you are. That, Right now even, what you know, that which wants to awaken to unconditioned awareness is not going to awaken. That has to die. For the transmission for the transmission, the essence of Tibetan Buddhism, there's nothing in there for you. For you, for you, like when I say you now, I mean the little you, what you think you are. And that what you are is already completely fine. It doesn't need to learn anything, it doesn't need to improve, it doesn't need to move anywhere. So one has to be careful to talk like this because um, uh, because in a way I talk not to you. <laughs> but I have to I, I have to give the you enough to stay. yeah <laughs> So I have to talk a bit about unconditional love and things like that so that you think, Yeah, there will be something nice in this for me. It it will feel nice. But it's not about you. It's about the real you. And the unreal you cannot know the real you. Sam, which is the condition, the... uh, The conditioned level of mind, yeah, so that which comes and goes, sense data and projections and names. Sam cannot recognize Rigpa. Only Rigpa has already recognized Rigpa. It has already happened. And it knows it. And uh, since you are still sitting here, (laughs) there must be some. something. Something is there. Something responds to. Something comes forward and it's so subtle that it's maybe kind of shy, I don't know, (laughs) and it's constantly Uh, covered up by the seeking of the narrative self it's constantly covered up by this is not it this is not good enough I need to feel better it's constantly covered up by this seeking into the future there must be something in the future a guru a practice like this one sentence which makes it happen for me, for me, yeah, for me. You see, you want to wake up as yourself. You want to come into peace as yourself. And that's not going to happen, never. I'm still a bit undivided between, is there any correlation between spiritual practice and awakening? I'm not sure. It would be also difficult to to test that because uh, people who experience fundamental well-being, which is another word for, So fundamental well-being, a sense of well-being, a sense of everything is fine as it is, which is completely independent from anything, what is going to happen, from anything. So people who experience that, and there's actually much more than I thought, they don't talk about it often. They just live their life. They take care of, of their piece of land. glimpses are, I mean, glimpses of this, and that's what, what, how this usually happens for people, you know, you have, like, you have glimpses of it, maybe in the practice of bhakti, in the practice of devotion, you have glimpses of that. Uh, so glimpses of this, it, I mean, even if you saw the sky only once in your life for a split split of a second. Then you know. And then when darkness comes, you suffer, as everyone else, but you know. You know that darkness does not really matter. And then you find some, what you could call, glimpse practices. And one of them is, what is aware? Or the voice of a teacher, the image of a teacher, a, a text, a poem piece of music, which um, which makes it so obvious again that you never got it and you never lost it. Is there another question? Uh, yes, uh, this one says, um, emptiness is fullness, full of everything. It, it's very short, I'm not sure if I'm mm-hmm. reading it properly, but uh, emptiness is fullness, full of everything, question mark. Yeah, these are these kind of... I think this is also just one of the things to kind of calm down the narrative self. Because, you know, when you use the word emptiness, it sounds so nihilistic. It's like emptiness. Who wants to have emptiness? So I better say emptiness and fullness. And then, ah, yeah. (laughs) Somehow it kind of calms down this, uh, uh, you know, this, this need to, you know, have something positive. Ah, emptiness fullness yes it's just two words for that which is undescribable it's true that if through the word emptiness uh, there's an experience of nihilism like uh, so everything is empty so nothing matters no that's a misunderstanding everything is empty that's why everything matters that's why everything is awesome. That's why everything works, because everything is empty. If things would exist in the way they appear to us, nothing would work, because everything is frozen. Everything is solid, is real, is existing separately in it, in in self-powered, out of itself, inherent, it's called inherent existence. And people, then things couldn't, couldn't, couldn't move. So yes, no, oh, there's the like, I'm nothing and I'm everything. Um, so these are poetic songs, experiences poems about the experience of the experience of non-duality and and it's fine but we have to be aware that these are still concepts that these are still words so if you write down the sentence on a on a piece of paper in your mind and you throw it out of the window what (laughs) what is what is that which remains what is aware of this, whatever meaning we give to these words, emptiness and fullness, what is aware of that? And that's beyond emptiness and fullness. It's neither empty nor it is full. It is undescribable. It can't be known. So So there is benefit in this kind of sentences, but there is also the trap that we get a sense. Ah, yeah. I, I start to understand. Yeah, emptiness. Yeah, and it's full. Yeah. So. So I think I, I get. I'm starting to get there. Yeah. But then. Uh, then, so then. We have to remember. This is. The conceptual mind trying to make sense about something it can't make sense of. It is uh, the teachings on the nature of mind, the metaphors like the sky or the mirror. The mirror is also a very good uh, metaphor here. So within the mirror, everything is reflected and the reflections come and go the mirror itself remains untouched the mirror itself is a capacity to reflect so apply that apply that to the nature of mind so the the nature of mind is like a mirror a capacity an infinite boundaryless centerless capacity within which everything comes and goes time personality relationship all that comes and goes within the mirror of mind and nothing and nothing if there's a beautiful face nothing is added to the mirror if there's an ugly face nothing is changed in the mirror and the mirror is peace the mirror is love and the mirror is somehow nothing it has no characteristics it has no form, no shape, no taste. Even to say it's peace, it's uh, it's too much to say it's peace. Was there something else? Maybe if there's any questions, uh, then I can take the last one. So, it- it's good to get into dialogue here. Yeah. Also, yeah, I, I promise I'm not going to say brighter uh, than it on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Are you saying that we can't be aware that we are our true self or It's we
1: can't have that experience? It can, if it is an
0: experience, then it's not the real deal? Um, not in the sense we usually uh, use the word experience. Because when we use the word experience, then there is some someone experiencing something. So it is a very... A very precise. It is a very replic- replicable experience, which is not an experience, not in the sense. So there should be another word for that. It's not like vishivashi. It's it's if if it's if it's known, it's known, and it's the same the Buddha experience. Now again, there's no Buddha and there's no experience, but but. Uh, um, So, there should be a a different word. It's it's like a different kind of category. But, of course, there's a difference between There's a difference between uh, someone, not really, but on a on 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 the on the apparent level, on the appearance level, there's a difference between someone who is constantly identified with a narrative self and feels separate from every, everything. That is illusionary. It's not real, but it appears like that. And then there's and then there's people who. And then they are Buddhas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny difference. It, it, it's, that's why it's, it's difficult to say it's the difference. Yeah? It's, it's tiny. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but that's why we are here. So, if I would be uh, not so radical tonight, I would say, yes, there is, an, there is a recognition of rigpa. There is a recognition of the primordial ground. And that is available to us at any moment. And then again, if I say that, I get like, <laughs> yeah, because I can't find the us. I mean, who is going to have that recognition of what? Yeah, but I think it's okay to to uh, to use a sentence like that, and keeping it lightly, yeah, so that. So that we we stay in the game until the seeking falls away. It's a it's a it's a falling away of the seeking. It's a falling away of all questions. Is it like an arriving? It can feel like that. Yeah. But in that arriving, there's the recognition that you have never left that it was always like that. That's actually a kind of uh, kind of s- symptom of uh, a genuine glimpse is. A symptom of of a gen, genuine glimpses holy shit <laughs> this was always this was always it nothing happened I, I was always there was always only healers another symptom is that the seeking falls away not because you say yeah i have to give up the seeking because there's nothing to seek or something like that the seeking just falls away it's not a decision or it's stupid to seek the seeking is the problem uh, the seeking just ceases and nothing is found Yes. This is a mirror that we've been talking about. Is that the way, like, uh, just kind of if we were just born without, like, I mean, right now, like, uh, we don't really choose where we're born or what family, society, and so on. So it's basically like, uh, everything that we do. Everything that we see in this mirror is a reflection of external uh, things, Uh, the weather, the people around us and so on. So basically it's like thinking of the mirror as like a child in a vacuum or a human being in a vacuum, that there's no, nothing can, can move it from this of yeah 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 uh, but uh, here in uh, in this experience there is no external world the the so-called external world is recognized as being emanated from the mirror so that that's different uh, so the, the mirror uh, the mirror metaphor uh, it applies to that kind of thinking, you and and that's a good place. What what you're describing there, uh, but uh, here we are talking about a mirror where the reflection are uh, a display or emanation of the mirror. Yeah. So the 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 reflection in the mirror are not like separate outside people this world is a display is a manifestation of rigba of of primal of the primordial ground and that not recognizing that is samsara so by not recognizing that you create a sense of i here and a separate world out there so that's the experience of non-duality that this nothing, which is everything, is me. So when I say what you're aware of you are not, is just a temporary step. You are actually everything you are aware of. And Rigpa is not separate from the display. Okay, so that's it. <laughs> I have I have uh, said what I wanted to say uh, ever. Yeah? So I I can die now. It's recorded, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be silly to repeat it again and again, right? So that feels really good. Yeah, if you have song, if you have. Uh, made your song, the one you came here for. Wow, that feels really nice. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, come back next time. <laughs> uh, goodbye.